He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Classic OJs here on your lunchtime edition here at WABC. And uh, I noticed, Lou, uh, I was just talking with Sid Rosenberg earlier today in the 8 o'clock hour. Before O'Reilly came on, gee, he did the, uh, his hit live, and then he puts this Mike Slater, uh, junior high school uh, radio guy on before me. I, I warned them all. Going to take you out lunch, going to eat your lunch, pass you by in the ratings, 12.15, right? I'm ahead of you, O'Reilly. That's because you keep putting this guy from Nowheresville in America on. Go, you keep doing that, O'Reilly. I'm coming for all your real estate here at WABC, the number one news talk station in the nation, and that's because you got to put your best foot forward. I'll have more to say about uh, Sid Rosenberg later on in the 45 minutes. But, oh, isn't this song so pertinent? With the implosion of FTX, all those hipsters and millennials who were fornicating and copulating in their fiscal commune in the Bahamas, all of them graduates of Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Oh, that's right, and we're told they're the brightest. They're the finest. They're not to be questioned. They're omnipotent. They're, oh, they're all knowing, sure, and uh, suckers out there were investing billions and billions of dollars into these Bitcoin bandits, these cryptocurrency Ponzi schemers, and these blockchain criminals. And you would think, after all of a sudden, $18 billion disappeared since November 2nd. And they continue to copulate and fornicate in Caligula in the Bahamas because there's no regulations there, none whatsoever. Tough noogies if you invested. <laughs> it's gone. And there's only two places to go. And one is worse than the other. So you got FTX, which has basically evaporated. And so now we have Congresswoman Maxine Waters. And the ranking member of the House Financial Services Committee, Congressman Patrick McHenry, who announced a bipartisan hearing into the collapse of FTX and the broader consequences for the digital asset ecosystem. How about for white-collar crime? White-collar crime. Have we seen this before? At 3 o'clock, you're going to hear from Kumbadichich Rudy Giuliani when he was the head of the U.S. Attorney Southern District's office. He put into jail Ivan Bosky and Michael Milken, took them out in chains and shackles, and all of Wall Street complained, oh, my God, you humiliated them. Yeah, for trading junk bonds. And then remember, penny stocks were being pumped and dumped. That was that great movie about uh, the boiler room, right? With Diesel and I think uh, Ed Norton. Classic movie about that. And then the subprime mortgage bundling. It led to the crash of 2008. Remember at the time, the Fed chairman was Alan Greenspan. He was like a deity here. There was a form of idolatry. If Greenspan spoke, everybody else shut up. 
He came out of Washington Heights just like uh, Henry Kissinger, almost the same time. They both went to George Washington High School, although Kissinger ended up with an accent. I can't quite figure that out, and Greenspan didn't. And he's the guy who looked at subprime mortgages, and he said, it's okay. Democrats and Republicans keep bundling the subprime mortgages, even though there'll be an implosion somewhere down the road, and we saw the implosion and almost uh, economic devastation globally. But we bailed them out. We bailed out the banks that were too big to fail. The mortgage companies, excuse me, the uh, banking companies on Wall Street that were too big to fail because we said they passed quantitative easing. And we bailed them out with our money and no interest, no interest loans. Meantime, back on Main Street, you had to pay the VIG for that. And it goes on and on and on. So you know what these hearings are going to result in. The industry itself is going to say they need to be bailed out. The investors need to be bailed out. And the scammers need to be bailed out. And one is worse than the other. But let's look at this young phenom. Anybody looking at this guy? I've said it over and over and I'll continue to say, you look at the guy, you profile him. He looks like a 15-year-old in summer camp who fell out of the bunk bed, who was a drug-induced psychosis, probably couldn't even scratch his belly and brush his teeth at the same time. And all of a sudden, he's considered a guru. Oh, this guy's the best, not like the rest. Don't ask him. He's uh, Bernie Madoff Jr. And by the way, people were running to the Bahamas, begging, begging to invest into FTX and their Bitcoin. And this was just a few months ago when he was the golden boy. Again, never trust anybody with three names. Sam. Bankman freed. How did you do this so quickly? I mean, your company is two years old, and you're doing something like $400 billion worth of volume per month, which is 25 times what you did a year ago. How did you get the uptake uh, at scale so fast? You know, it, it was really just a lot of small things put together, a lot of decisions that we've made around how to build the product, trying to be as responsive as we can to customers, to regulators, to counterparties. And, you know, uh, you know, honestly, from our perspective, it's it sometimes feels like the world is just going sort of in slow motion around us and that we're going at, you know, about an average speed by our standards. Doesn't this guy sound like a younger Trenton Tarantino, right? I mean, let's face it, same kind of voice. Oh, my God. $18 billion evaporated. How much money did he take? How much money did the uh, House of Caligula, the House of Polygamy, as they called it, the House of Adderall, legal cocaine, swindle from so many investors without any regulation on the Bahamas? Anyway, if you want to know the backstory of this uh, Sam Bankman freed, Mr. FTX, which has imploded, there's nothing. If you invested, you don't even have belly button lint. Here's the guy you were dealing with. Very well. Where do I begin? My father was a relentlessly self-improving boulangerie owner from Belgium with low-grade narcolepsy and a penchant for buggery. My mother was a 15-year-old French prostitute named Chloe with webbed feet. My father would womanize, he would drink. He would make outrageous claims like he invented the question mark. Sometimes he would accuse chestnuts of being lazy. 
the sort of general malaise that only the genius possess and the insane lament. My childhood was typical. Summers in Rangoon, luge lessons. In the spring, we'd make meat helmets. When I was insolent, I was placed in a burlap bag and beaten with reeds. Pretty standard, really. God, Dr. Evil from the movie. Seems like a perfect match for Sam Bankman Freed, who has replaced Bernie Madoff as the biggest white-collar criminal in the history of the world. But who aided and abetted him? Jim Cramer, you know, the guy who went to school with Elliot Spitzer, who had to exit stage left the governorship because he would have went to federal jail, which he should have for violation of the Mann Act. That's how we ended up with my husband-in-law as Governor David Patterson. Well, here's Jim Cramer again at CNBC, proving that he can be wine, dined, and pocket light. This is five days ago. The implosion has happened with FDX, and he's still pumping Bitcoin. It may be low from 68000 but David, Bitcoin is up gigantic from where it was. Notice they're applauding in the background, Lou. Yeah, suckers. It's like a scene right out of the boiler room with Diesel and Ed Norton squeezing every penny, every coulion that you investors have. And then, of course, is Eric Adams, swagger man as mayor of the city of New York with no plan, who wanted us to become the cryptocurrency Ponzi scheming center of the world with no regulation. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. And his tag team was the mayor of Miami, Suarez. In Dade County, they have the arena for the Miami Heat named after FTX. He got wine dined in pocket line. So you got to show me the money. Meantime, look at all these celebrities who were making money hand over fist by advocating that people invest in FTX. We got Larry David. Tom Brady, Giselle Bunchin, Mark Cuban, Stephen Curry, Trevor Lawrence, Otani, the Angels pitcher, Shaquille O'Neal, Shaq, Poppy, David Ortiz, Osaka, and he goes on and on and on. And I want you to hear, because I always hated Tom Brady, the Brady Bunch, and Coach Belichick, the New England Patriots. Here is the FTX commercial that was done for the Boston audience. By then, Mrs. Brady, Bunchin, and Tom Brady, who were paid millions, and they ought to be sued for every nickel, diamond, penny they have. Listen to what they were telling their Massachusetts audience. What's up? I'm getting into crypto. With FTX. You in? We're providing gives 360-degree access to the crypto markets with the ability to trade everything from alts to DeFi. I believe I'm in, but still hate you. Understood. Take care. Best of the family. Is he in? Yep. Did he say he hates you? He did. Even on the phone, that guy sounds handsome. Did you hear that, Lou? Did you hear that? Tom Brady and his ex, Giselle Bunchin, were calling on all their friends in Boston and tried to convince them to use and buy into FTX. Meantime, they very smartly said, well, Tom, you're a traitor for leaving Boston, but still can't deny that FTX is a good way to make money. Frauds. Lock them up. White-collar criminals, all of them. 
And speaking of Tom Brady, he was having a swell old time yesterday. He was in town with his kids in Brooklyn, at Brooklyn Heights. A pizza eatery, uh, Della Rocco's, I think it's $15 a slice. You know, they put guacamole on the pizza. They put, oh, God, oh, God, what they do to that pizza. And he's uh, he's got a big smile on his face. Meantime, our own Sid Rosenberg, who was I was on this morning at 8.05, and I said, I'm coming after you. I'm coming after you, Sid. I passed Frank Morano in the ratings. I passed Bill O'Reilly. I'm coming after you in Morning Drive. We were at St. John the Baptist, all of us from WABC, on 30th and 7th, where Father Francis and Joe Sano were giving out 11,000 turkeys provided by John and Margot Katzmatidis of Christides. And you know what he had in his hand when he walked up, Lou? A bum slice, a dollar slice of pizza. And Tom Brady had $15 slice. You see, that's the difference, man. Sid is low budget. Listen to what he said earlier this morning at 8.05. That's Curtis Sliwa, the genius that is Curtis Sliwa. He's so entertaining and so good. On his afternoon show yesterday, talking about uh, the ratings in the morning, and he says he's going to catch me. And I sent him a text, which you wouldn't know about unless I told you about it. And the text was, and I quote, Curtis, just picture a snail trying to catch Secretariat. That would be you. And by the way, you are firmly in second place here. Yes. Firmly in second and you know something? I'm going to inch my way to first. It may take me two years. Lou, let me tell you the strategy. You're a pro here. Uh, Macedonian Phil, uh, he knows nothing about nothing. Thanksgiving, I guarantee you that Sid Rosenberg will take off. And then the next day, Black Friday, which is the day everyone's in their cars, shopping till they drop, listening to the radio morning, noon, and night. He'll take off, and then I'm going to eat into his audience. And once I eat into Sid's audience... I ain't giving it back. Just like I ate into Frank Morano's audience and Bill O'Reilly's audience. The war is on. And speaking of war, oh, my God, Larry David, did you need to rip off investors for FTX? Listen to Larry David when he did a commercial in his curmudgeon way. Like I was saying, it's FTX. It's a safe and easy way to get into crypto. Yeah, I don't think so. And I'm never wrong about this stuff. Never. So you think uh, that exempted him? No, he got paid millions for that. By the way, the other guy in the battle of uh, cryptocurrency, Ponzi scammers, Bitcoin bandits, and blockchain criminals is Zhao of Binance. And Zhao is so corrupt, he can't even come to Washington, D.C. So that if they conduct hearings... They're going to have to give him a special exemption because he's under investigation by U.S. regulators over illegal trades of crypto derivatives, as well as insider trading and money laundering. This Chinese guy can't even come to D.C. for the hearings. That's it. And they're soon to falter. And where's the Eric Adams of the world? What is he saying? What does he say all the time? Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. You were wine dined in pocket line by these Bitcoin bandits. We want to see. Where's the money, Eric Adams? Where's the money? Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. 
In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. DNC bus. Yet some breaking news here at WABC. The Queen of Mean, Nancy Pelosi, has just announced in the well of the House that she will not seek re-election to the leadership, even though she would be in the minority. She's been there before. So she will just be serving uh, in the House but will not be seeking re-election to the leadership. Oh, glory, Haliaski, hallelujah. You think old is old? You got uh, Joe Biden, right? You got Nancy Pelosi. And then you got uh, uh, <laughs> Republican leader, Mitch. Oh, I love my Kentucky bourbon, McConnell. What, is he 82? Out with the old, in with the new problem here, though, Lewis. The new could be our own Hakeem Jeffries. Now, why is that name so familiar? African-American who made his political bones in Brooklyn. In fact, unfortunately, he even represents uh, the neighborhood that I'm from, Canarsie. And just because he was a Democrat, he always had the easy pass, never challenged, uh, except in a primary, and barely. But what you need to know about Congressman Hakeem Jeffries is not only is he to the far left like Nancy Pelosi, but that he is, and this is what a lot of people have never spoken about, but I have on a regular basis, the nephew of the most virulent anti-Semite ever to teach in the city university system of New York. And that's saying a lot because there have been plenty of anti-Semites. Just look at it now. The anti-Semitism at City University is rampant. Dr. Leonard Jeffries. Dr. Leonard Jeffries, who was an absolute anti-Semite. He came with that whole notion of sun people and ice people. And every chance he could take to demean, to attack Jews, he did. And I remember at the time, it was Herman Badillo who was uh, on the board of the City University of New York. A good friend of mine, no longer with us, who came from Puerto Rico, did not have any parents. They had died in Puerto Rico. He was a janitor here in Manhattan took advantage of the free education you got at City University, but you had to take a test to get in. 
And Herman Badia, once he was on the board, he said, absolutely not. We got to get rid of this guy. He is an anti-Semite. Who defended him? Ah, his nephew. Ha! <laughs> Jeffries. God. We got to do everything to get rid of this guy. Anyway, uh, speaking of the Double Dutch Bus, going to have my Double Dutch Bus music a little longer because the MTA, the Money Taking Agency, which gets federal funds, state funds, and city funds, is claiming it's on the er verge of bankruptcy again for like the umpteenth time. And they have this uh, Nordwell, who is the uh, MTA, Money Taking Agency chairman. He sucks. So I think uh, what we got to do is, And I wasn't a fan of his. But he went back across the pond to London. He straightened out the London uh, transportation system. And now uh, he finished his job there, and he's touring America. Andy Byford. You remember the limey blimey. Remember him, uh, Lou? Oh, the TWU, they loved him. The workers loved him. The bus drivers loved him. Andy Byford. I actually, in a meeting at Holy Family... In the um, in the gymnasium, hosted by who? Hakeem Jeffries, who is the nephew of the virulent anti-Semite Dr. Leonard Jeffries of City University. He was hosting it. Andy Byford wanted to hear the complaints of the constituents. And you know what I called him up on the stage? Andy, you're a wanker. A wanker. Well, I take that back. I think we should reach out to Andy Byford. That's right, Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb. Ask him to come back because the reason that the MTA is going to go insolvent, 30% of the passengers on the MTA buses, this is mostly in Staten Island, along Highland Boulevard and up in the Bronx, do not pay their fare. 30%. 20% of those who take the subway do not pay their fare. They're fare evaders. And they do nothing at all to stop fare evasion. Last night, I was coming from an event with Nancy. It was about, oh, 9 o'clock at night. We were at Grand Street where you catch the B and the D, and they had these two private security officers who were attempting to stop fare invaders. Uh, they were having no luck. It was like the Irish sweepstakes. You have all these people taking free rides, not paying the fare on the buses and subways, and that's why it's going insolvent. I remember Andy Byford when he was the head of the buses and subways in New York City. He had the Crack Eagle Squad. These were men and women who had originally been police officers who in their retirement would ride the buses and make sure that the fare was paid. And, you know, there was um, Andrew Evilized Cuomo who hated Andy Byford even more than I did, although I've apologized. I was wrong. He's not a wanker. We need him now. But Andrew Evil Eyes Cornwall drove him out because the governor ultimately is in charge of the money-taking agency. And he made life miserable for him, so he left. Well, now that Andrew Evil Eyes Cornwall is gone, and by the way, Andrew Evil Eyes Cornwall, I know you listen to us on our FM affiliate on the east end of Long Island, WLIR, at the Fredo compound of your brother Chris Cuomo with your wartime consigliere Joe Pococo. Let me remind you that you had advocated the hiring of 500 MTA cops to stop fare evasion. You never did that. There's a lot of things you didn't do. Okay, enough of the MTA here, Lou, because we are now emerging. (laughs) 
into what is costing us a lot of money. And that is all the illegals that we are housing in the tents, in the hotels. They keep coming. And now with this federal judge's ruling on Title 48, it's going to allow more to come pouring through the border. And many of them are going to want to come to New York City. And uh, welcoming them in New York City has been uh, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. He is their Pompachulo. He has said, hey, I'm your Pompachulo. Come to New York City. Who's your daddy? Except we end up paying for it. Now, he's lied to us, Eric Adams. He's told us uh, all kinds of nonsense, how little it has cost us to date. But one of his allies in solidarity, the controller of the city of New York, Brad Lander, has challenged him on that and said, hey, I'm the bean counter here. You're lying. Um, look, we want to know what the cost was of setting the tents up first on Orchard Beach, where people had said uh, it was going to flood, and they set it up, and then they took it down, then they set it up at Randall's Island, when a lot of folks said it would make more sense to rent hotels, which could be used for shelter in the long term. So, look, we just want to know what the cost is. We don't want to quibble about who sent what letter when. That's, that's, that's common sense. What's the cost? So Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. I'm surprised he didn't hide behind his complexion, which is his protection, and say, hey, white boy, none of your business, Brad Lander, you cracker. This is what Eric Adams had to say. He sent a letter on Friday, and then he started talking about it like he sent the letter a week ago and we didn't give him the information. Come on. I mean, you know... I'm hoping he doesn't turn out like the relationship with the previous controller and mayor. Brad, let's work together, Brad. <laughs> you know, listen, you send a letter on Friday. Give us days to respond to, you, to your letter. We're not going to hide the course of anything. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> like you always do. How condescending he is. Basically, how dare you question me, you cracker? That's really what he was saying in his head. And now with the resurrection of Andrew Evilized Cuomo, who uh, on occasion is heard on the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion hosted by John Katsimatidis, uh, I have to remind everybody that the reason that there is such a lack of communication that Adams is claiming, that the mayor of Philadelphia is claiming, that the mayor of Chicago is claiming, that the mayor of Washington is com- complaining, that the feds never give him a heads up, in terms of who's being bussed from the border, now that a federal judge has loosened up the floodgates again and they're running fast and furiously across the border, many of them are going to seek to get on that Greyhound bus, pound the hound, and come to the Port Authority or to Philly or to Washington, D.C. or to Chicago. Well, in our case, let's face it, it was Andrew Evilized Cuomo who made it impossible for the feds to cooperate with us because he didn't want to cooperate with ICE. New York State is the state that says we will not cooperate with ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. He politicized ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. We said we will sue them if they violate any criminal laws in the state of New York. So you notice all these elected officials, they want the feds to communicate with them. They want uh, Governor Abbott to communicate with them. But then again, they never commit uh, communicate with ICE. And then here's the schmuck that puts Chuck E. Cheese Schumer, who says, have no fear, even if more illegal aliens come here because of the federal judge's ruling. Don't worry. Be happy. Now more than ever, we're short of workers. 
Uh, we have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers, and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. Or how many there may be. Lou, I need you just to play the beginning. I'll stop you. I want you to hear what uh, the Schmaltepots Chuck E. Cheese Schumer had to say about our inability to uh, reproduce, recreate ourselves, fornicate and copulate new children into the world. Listen to him. Now more than ever, we're short of workers. Uh, We have a population that is not reproducing it on its own. We have a population that is not reproducing on its own. Is this guy all of a sudden an obstetrician? Is he uh, suddenly... uh, What the hell is he talking about? Where the hell does he get off saying that? Well, maybe we ought to be uh, reproducing more, right? Overpopulating the world. Can't have it both ways. And nobody called him on that. Nobody called the schmuck, the putz, Chuck E. Cheese Schumer on that. A whole press gathering is there, and they might as well have been in there applauding like the seals, like the illegal aliens were there. And then again, in the restoration, the recreation and uh, the reaffirmation and resurrection of Andrew Evilized Cuomo. Again, he thought he could bamboozle all of us. He's going around wherever he can, talking about how he really is a law and order, progressive, Democrat, liberal. I don't know why the Democrats, and this is nationwide, I don't know why they can't be more aggressive addressing the issue of crime. You can be a progressive, but you still understand that job one is public safety. Job one is public safety. And job one is not stealing from the businesses of New York State, many of which are fleeing as we speak, joining the exodus because of the outrageous number of taxes. Well, now that the little mouse... Uh, Our controller of the state of New York uh, has released a report that says that we were robbed of $11 billion in unemployment insurance that Cuomo oversaw because he did not right the wrongs going back to 2010. He borrowed money to cover the cost of those unemployment payments, and now the state it's not paying for it on its own. It never does. It doesn't have money. It's got to get it from the taxpayers. So they're slapping businesses with a fee to pay the money back. Think of that. Businesses are pissed. They got a new surcharge. They started paying this year. We're telling employers in this state who are already saddled with high taxes, many of them have one foot out the door, plus they want to pile congestion pricing on their drivers we're slapping business with an annual fee called the interest assessment surcharge in order to pay back $11 billion in loans because of what Andrew Evilized Cuomo did by allowing criminals, white-collar criminals, to put their beaks in the trough. And he has the audacity. He has the coolions, the chutzpah, 
to now appear and talk about, hey, listen to my podcast. I'm not listening to your podcast, you caca down, you Pinocchio. You know, let's stay out there in Southampton. Stir the marinara sauce. Hit the mattresses with your brother Fredo, Chris Cuomo, and your wartime consigliere Pococo because nobody's buying your bull feathers. Nobody. The founder of the Guardian Angels. The group dedicated to fight crime. On the streets of New York and on the air right now. Curtis Lewa on 77 WABC. Macedonian Phil, can you back scratch this? Play this song Moby Dick backwards and see what Led Zeppelin is really saying to us. Make yourself useful, you uh, demonic uh, 666 guy. Oh, my God. Look at him. Now he's coming in. What are you, always going to the bathroom during this program? Why don't you just squeeze your legs, huh? Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we play this classic. Moby Dick, in honor of Shamu, El Jefe, Chris Christie. Do we have my whale? Shamu, El Jefe, Chris Christie. Visited the Republican Governor's Conference in Orlando and gave a speech that was full of revisionism. He gets uh, up to the podium and he says that when he was the head of the Republican Governor's Conference, that he gave a lot of money to Republican candidates running for office all over the country for governorships. And he claimed that he was the best, not like the rest. He went on to demean Donald Trump and attack Donald Trump, in uh, which you would have thought some of the Republican governors would have said, you know, uh, what was it, a few years ago you were telling us to get on the Trump bandwagon. Now all of a sudden you're telling us to become never-Trumpers. To get on the SS Rhino and sail up and down the Jersey Shore from... uh, Wildwood to Point Pleasant. Well, let me give you a little revisionism that um, Governor Christie, Shamu El Jefe Christie, doesn't want anyone to know because I remember watching. It was 2014 here in New York. Andrew Evilized Cuomo. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> He, he, he sounds, he sounds just like Shamu, LFA Chris Christie. Anyway, at the time it was Andrew Evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I. And uh, they were like two peas in a pod, a horse and a carriage, a soup and a sandwich, even though Cuomo was a Democrat. And at the time, Chris Christie was in charge of the Republican money for those challenging uh, Democratic incumbents. 
This was uh, when uh, Cuomo was seeking um, his second term. He had four party lines. Rob Astorino, who was the um, county executive of Westchester, the Republican, had three lines. And although Cuomo won with 54%, Astorino did quite well. I think he lost by about 12%. With no help from Shamu El Jefe, Chris Christie. You know how I know? Because I remember seeing the film footage that Ed Cox, who was the state Republican Party chairman, had a board a plane with candidate Rob Astorino to fly to a Republican governor's conference, I think in Aspen, uh, Colorado, or could have been Denver, sit outside, and Christie wouldn't even see them. Wouldn't even spend a nickel, dime, and penny because he wanted to protect Andrew Evilize Cuomo. So don't lie, Shamu El Jefe, Chris Christie. You may think you can do revisionism, but remember the ad. It says, Curtis Lee knows where all the bones are buried and who buried them. And I never forgive. I don't forget. I'm like an elephant. I remember. But I want you to all know that... I want to thank Trinity Rehab because they've given me a digital home right here at WABC. You can hear all these broadcasts right on our podcasting or the Curtis News Network video podcast. All you got to do is go to wabcradio.com slash Curtis. So if you miss me on the radio, you got no need to worry. You can see me in film. You can see me. Uh, you can hear me. You got everything digital at wabcradio.com slash Curtis. 